Well, hello. Welcome to Ray Free Professional Wrestling. As we get you ready for the Tuesday night hustle, as for this week, we have AEW Dynamite and NST running at the same time. Actually, I feel like this is going to be a somewhat Monday Night Warish kind of Tuesday night for us. What do you think? And welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going, Sean? No matter what, is a big night for wrestling. And it's honestly just exciting. It's one of these special treats during like the October month when you have Major League Baseball on TBS. So they haven't moved this show over to like Tuesday nights. And sometimes it runs concurrent to NXT. My, well, my childhood, where we had the money at worst, where we had Raw and Nitro going at the same time. And these cards, as we get into later in the show, we're going to run them down. There's a couple of matches on both sides that I want to see, and I can't decide which one I want to see live. So, Ashley, you're going to have to help me out here. Listen, everyone is like, you know, it's it's like shots, but like this is this is why we need more companies for for wrestling and stuff out there because if this is what they're going to throw at us to try to get us to watch on a on a Tuesday night, like I couldn't wait to see something on like a, a you know a Monday head off, a Friday head off, like this is crazy. Well, no tongue like the person. Ashley, let's go over to the over to the control center and catch you up in the week of wrestling news. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. And my very first story for you, Ashley, this week is a update from one Kyle O'Reilly. We haven't seen Kyle O'Reilly wrestle in the rain since June twenty June twenty twenty two. And recently, he went underneath using net fusion surgery. And unfortunately, he developed a rare post condition called C5 policy, which basically made his right arm useless. And he had to relearn basic daily activities like brushing your teeth, getting dressed and stuff. And during his post here on his Instagram account, he was talking about at a certain point, he wasn't sure he'd be ever get back into wrestling ring and that was secondary to will he ever have a quality life after wrestling due with this process luckily for kyle riley he has found a procedure called it or a device called the new device and apparently this device manages the electrical shots that your nerves send to your muscles and luckily for kyle riley his arm sorry to receive these virtual pulses and reactivate the nerves in his arms and he's been able to get most of the feeling back in his right arm and return to a lot of different daily activities. Now, he said that he's still a long way from getting back into the ring, but it's actually more possible now than it was probably six, six or eight months ago. So we want to wish Kyle Riley a speedy recovery. Absolutely. That is, it's, it was terrifying to read that. That is absolutely just, you obviously like above and well, above all, his health is, utmost concern and we want him to have like the best quality of life you don't want like i'm happy this this treatment worked for him i'm happy that he's even thinking about getting in the ring after having that injury and if he is able to rehab through it i cannot wait to see him get back you know actually there's so many good kyle riley matches all i care about right now is him having a happy quality of life going forward and if he ever steps back into the ring that's icing on the cake because this guy has done a lot of amazing work. And I was lucky enough to see him in person. It was a NFC house show here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it was Super Bowl Sunday. 
and it was like 12 noon, and it's Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle Riley, the Undisputed Era, before Robert Strong joined the group, and they were battling Eric Young and the other members of Sanity in a six-man tag match. What a way to spend Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> hey, you know, it was a great show, and I love that match. And the headline match of that show was actually Amber Moon versus Bianca Belair, because Bianca Belair from Knoxville, Tennessee, is her first match for NST in her hometown. And we could tell a lot of... I'll tell you that story another time, Ashley. I was going to say, that must have been a good match. Yes, it was a good match. And you get, I'll give you a hint. Amber Moon walks down to the ring, and she sees a crowd cheering for Bianca, and she knew exactly then that she's going to have to be the hill in this match. And she was. <laughs> and we know how good she is. <laughs> and spoiler alerts here, um, Belair, of course, wins in front of her, her hometown and her family. And the side note, Bianca Belair's family is a fun group of people to be around during a wrestling match because they get into it really a lot. <laughs> I'm going to move over to my second story for you this week as we're going to go over to a story I found and shared with Ashley. It comes from Wrestling Inc. And it was talking about the minutes of women wrestling in the last week of wrestling TV, focusing on NXT and AEW. Now, I didn't realize that as I was watching NXT last week, they literally had four out of six matches being female matches, and Ashley had more than half of their TV time focusing on women wrestling. And the first match, of course, was the new number one contender match where you had Ross Ann, Lyra Bakery, and Any Hartwell face off in a triple threat to see who's going to face Babe Time Bex for her title at Halloween Habit. And luckily for me, Lyra Valkyria was the one who won that match, and I'm looking forward to that one, Ashley. <laughs> no, that was awesome to read. We kind of have talked about like the struggles of, of like AEW and getting their women on TV, so to hear a show featuring six matches at four women's matches is crazy. That's awesome. I'm I'm actually inclined to go check that out because that's you know that's interesting to me, and that's kind of what I would like to see AEW do a little more of. Okay, so the match I was talking about lasted a, almost 12 minutes, and out of the whole runtime of the show, they were counting 49 minutes as being the actual amount of time there was for wrestling in that show, and more than half of that was spent on the women. So I was constantly surprised with NXT last week. Yeah. Okay, so I'm moving on to our next news story here. As you know what, I'm going to give everybody a heads up because we're heading into late October, and there's some awesome matches coming up for Impact Wrestling. Now, Ashley, I know we don't do a lot of talking about Impact Wrestling, but I may have to, because apparently, after Bound for Glory, where we're going to see Speedball Mike Belly versus Will Ospreay, the next night, we're getting Joss Alexander versus Will Ospreay for the first time ever. I told you, we've talked about Impact maybe a few times, but I don't understand why people are always trying to, like, dunk on Impact. It's a very good promotion. <laughs> like, like, Everyone is always always trying to say like they can't sell out, but they sell out all their shows. They they do pretty decent. They've upped their viewership in the past couple of months. I think they're pretty good. And to give up to like Speedball, Mike ba Mike Bailey versus uh, Will Ospreay is going to be one of the most insane matches this year. <laughs> yes, and if you haven't followed Will Ospreay on Instagram, go to his account, follow him, because he cut a promo this morning on his reels where he's basically working on his kitchen as he's watching Speedball Mike Belly do a match, and he basically does one hell of a promo, and I'm probably going to 
put it to our Instagram account at Radio Free PW. All right. I'm going to go check that out. I haven't been on Instagram yet today. Okay, so I'm moving on to our next program, announce, program announcement for you guys. It's going to be November 26th, and it's for Progress Wrestling as Eric Young and the other two members of Sanity are coming over to Progress Wrestling. I don't know who they're facing yet. Sanity should be an interesting group in Progress. There's a lot of good talent there. I can see them feeling with the likes of Kid Lycos and Kid and Lycos 2. I can see them facing off against probably Northwest Strong Style if they're healthy enough to do it. Or maybe you have them face off against Spiker Bay and the and his crew. Spiker Bay, who's actually the current Progress World Champion and the Smoking Aces. I feel like that would be a fun match. Do you watch any progress, Ashley? I've seen a couple of, of events. So I know David's probably firing up his account. He's probably going to message me during this event, tell me exactly who's going to win. So, David, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you don't give me any sports because I'm looking forward to this debut for Sandy in Progress. <laughs> okay, while we're still doing the news here, let's go ahead and talk about WWE Fastlane as they happened this past Saturday. And it was probably a three-match show, in my personal opinion, and one really cool special return. So, the very first matchup is for your undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions of the World. As we saw Justin Day in the form of Damian Priest and Finn Balor face off against Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. If you haven't seen this match, it's a cool match with an awesome finish as you see the combination of a 1D into a Cody Cutter for the finish. But poor Finn Balor, that's not totally the finish because Cody picks him up, hits a crossroad, which I could consider overkill. But now we have new tag team champions, and this is how we're getting Cody over to SmackDown to get ready for chapter three of him versus Roman Reigns. Any thoughts, Ashley? So you think they're still ended up for WrestleMania? I think so. I think we're still going to have Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Now, if it's not one or night two, I don't know. It all hinges on Kendra Rock finally get into a match with Roman on night two of WrestleMania because I feel like you would have Rock versus Roman night two, Cody versus Roman night one, Cody wins the title on night one. Yeah, that'd probably make more. Okay, so the second match, we saw Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, who are recently joining Bobby Lashley and becoming heels, faced against the Latino World Order and Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and they're supposed to have a mystery third partner because the other two members of the LWO got taken out on SmackDown. They came out and it became a three-on-two handicap match for about 80% of this match until that special, cool debut and it's the guy who's fits in the faces of the people who ain't cool as Carlito makes his return first time we've seen Carlito since he helped Bad Bunny back in the spring and Carlito just ran like a house of fire and the dude is in shape and why the WWE ain't doing anything else with him right now I don't know Ashley it's crazy because I was actually live I was there live at his actual debut <laughs> <laughs> no he's still coming around it's crazy and I've seen him, the pictures of him in the shape he's in he does look fantastic okay here's the funny story me and Carly are the same age and I wish I looked like Carly because the dude is in shape <laughs> okay we're moving on to the third match of the night it's the triple threat for the WWE Women's Championship it's Eel Sky versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair and I know there's a lot of hate about this match because somewhere in the middle, they kind of lost their groove. They had to find it back. Actually, they had one heck of a Tower of Doom spot where instead of having that suplex on the top of the Tower of Doom, they did a kind of like a small drop slash 
Pressure Rowan used to do where he threw the guy over his shoulders. It looked pretty dang cool. And also it's pretty miss into Sharp's face to take her out of the match. Bailey comes down to help Eel retain the title. So we still don't have this dissension this, this in the Eel and Bailey. And I feel like Eel is going to have a good run here with the title. And I don't know who she's going to face next. Maybe a debuting Jay Cardigan. Because on the show here for Fastlane, on the pre-show, Jay Cardigan rolls up in a Hummer and is met with Triple H. And they go off and we never see Jay Cardigan again. So, Jay Cardo is in the WWE. We finally saw her on a WWE event. It is all system go for Jay Cardo to be a superstar in the WWE. Yeah, I would definitely push her towards the title. <laughs> that's if that's they want to go that route. Um, she, like I said, that, that woman is a star. And like I said last week, if I wanted to put her anywhere, I would put her on SmackDown because there's a lot more talent that she can learn from on SmackDown than in Raw. But there's reports that she might be heading over to the Red Bullet the brand. So, I'm up to the fourth match of the evening. It's John Cena, LA Knight versus the Bloodline. Jimmy Uso, Sotoko, it was a fine match, and it did what it should do. It's John Cena's last match as he's heading back to Hollywood because the writer's strike is over, and LA Knight gets the pin on poor Jimmy Uso as he's going to have to explain this to Roman because we get to see Roman this week on SmackDown for the season premiere. So, I can't wait to see how Jimmy gets out of this one. <laughs> LA Knight is fantastic it's it's crazy here's the guy who literally were recording this on the 4th anniversary of the debut of NWA Power and imagine 4 years ago Eli Drake was on that episode of NWA Power the dude has come a long way yeah yeah and he's got himself so over like it, I love I love seeing that in wrestling when people like get themselves over like that like organically Exactly. And the fact that Cena took this time, made sure to have a match as LA Knight with his partner, and they did everything in their power to put that Cena rub onto LA Knight. Yeah, I can't wait to see what LA Knight does in the fall and goes towards WrestleMania. And if Cody wasn't there, LA Knight would be my choice to defeat Roman, but I'm a Cody guy. (laughs) I, I, I'd say most people are probably, I think, would pick Cody as well. Okay, so the main event of this show is Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And a match that you need to go back and watch. It may slide into my top five matches of the week here at the end of the show. But Seth Rollins was able to outlast Shinsuke Nakamura and beat the 10 count. As we see, Shinsuke Nakamura basically control about 80% of this match. Seth finally hits the Falcon Arrow through a couple of tables. And voila, we have Seth Rollins leaving Fastlane with the World Heavyweight title. And no cash in because after the match for the tag team titles, uh, Ripley told Damien Priest to give her his briefcase so he couldn't cash in this evening. And that kind of threw me for a curve because after I saw Judgment Day lose the title, I was surely Damien Priest will cash in. We're going to have a new champion in Damien Priest as your world heavyweight champion, but that didn't happen. Yeah, no, I saw a lot of speculation that a lot of people thought he was going to cash in. I kind of like holding off and kind of being more like a... More of a surprise with the cash down. Fair point. I can see that. True. Fair point. So that brings our control center to end for this week in professional wrestling here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And let's go over to our stunning six questions here, Ashley. 
It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. And my first stunning question for you, Ashley. How much trouble has it been with these technical issues that TBS has been having each week on AEW TV? Quite problematic, especially this week. Um, the DVR listing making that big issue. Audio errors, I get it. They happen a little too frequently, but, you know, it's tough to prevent some things. Camera cuts are definitely more preventable, so I'm not sure exactly what the issue is there. But the DVR listing is something that that TNT, you know, messed up pretty badly. Um, and that like definitely hurt their numbers this week. Exactly, because it cost them about 30% of their viewership as the way the DVR was set up that it was supposed to be recording at night for any afternoon, even though the show started at seven Eastern. So and Tony tweeted out that a correction to that since he saw the mistake by TBS and Warner Bros. Discovery. But to me, that episode last week was the segment where we saw Adam Cole hang out at Roddy's house. The first time we saw it, no sound actually whatsoever. It was a solid movie. And let me tell you, they decided to show that again with the sound on. It didn't help it one bit. Kind of a waste of a few minutes when they just posted it on social media too, right away. Could have just left it at the terrible audio issues though. And what made it worse, actually, was that was their fourth anniversary episode. And I was going like, I feel bad for you guys because there's a lot of AEW haters out there going like, hey, you guys are four years into this and you're still having these kind of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of no excuse, honestly. Yeah, I know. Warner Bros. Discovery kind of said they were updating their system with new software, software and stuff. So hopefully they get these bugs out of the system as soon as possible. Because personally, it was taking me out of last week's episode of AEW Dynamite. I'm looking forward to tonight's episode because this card is freaking stacked and we're going to get to it and we're going to write it down. But Ashley, my second standing question for you, and we haven't asked this question because there's rumors going around that one certain person from Chicago might be heading back to the WWE just in time to be at Survivor Series in Chicago. And I'm talking about CM Punk. That's why they say never say never, right? <laughs> you know, if you asked me like two years ago, do you ever imagine seeing CM Punk walking into a WWE ring to have another WWE match? Actually, I would have bet you the house that I'm living in right now that that would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's weird to think like even when he like first came back and came into AEW, it it never even seemed like a possibility. If he feels like he can work things out there and finish off his career, then more power to him. I can think about it over the weekend and thinking like, you know, he's free. If they're willing to, there's some people there that he can wrestle with that he wasn't able to wrestle before, and has some unique opportunities. And I kind of want to see him have one last good run with no drama, like backstage drama, and then let him return in peace. And that's the way I remember seeing Punk is just having an amazing series of matches now in the WWE, and he phased off into retirement. And I know, like, it, it seems like kind of anywhere he would go, he'd have some amends to make. Um, there's some people even from WWE's, uh, some of their bigger guys have uh, made it known how they feel about CM Punk uh, pretty openly, so... I mean, I know they're not making the, the calls if, if he's brought in or not, but it, it's certainly going to be making it tough to work if they're not if they're not really willing to work with them. So. Well, we'll keep our ears to the ground to see if this rumor is going to become reality because we're literally about 40-ish days away from 
Survivor Series, and I feel like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen within the next 40 days. Yeah, yeah, I think we should, you know, I think we'll see some updates if anything breaks, so. Okay, so I'm moving over to my third Sunday question for you, Ashley, this week. Do you feel that AEW ticket sales, since they've been slagging this a little bit lately, is a sign that the company is cooling off from that really hot period they had, like, at the beginning of 2019, going into 2020, right before the pandemic? Yeah, maybe plateauing a bit. Uh, um, I feel like a lot of the the drama stuff was kind of hurting a lot of it, and then again we talked about even things like production issues can can hurt how people you know if you know see the product and things like that. So the answer is to get the live tickets. You know they're signing people like like Adam Copeland and bringing him in. I mean I think they're doing what they can. Um, I think they just need to continue kind of working out this product that they've been putting out for the past few weeks because I I think um some of the storylines we've been hitting have been fairly good over the past few weeks. Honestly, I feel like part of their issue is they've been hitting these same cities every so often as they go to Dynamite Collision and their big shows. And I feel like they're running their welcome out in that market. And they haven't gone to different markets to start developing secondary markets where instead of going to Chicago, they can go to maybe Memphis, Tennessee, or maybe Birmingham, Alabama, somewhere they haven't been yet a market that would like wrestling, but they haven't had AEW in their market yet. Yeah, for sure. That honestly, that you mentioned that. Yeah, um, even hitting just the more of the West Coast or the the West side, you know, the West side of the West half of the country. They, I mean, their their reactions in Denver were great uh, a few weeks ago. That was like a really great crowd to have. And um, I have um, some mutuals who live in I I, I don't know, like, you know say, but like somewhere in the Midwest, like Indiana, Ohio. But like around Chicago and have been able to go to some of the Chicago shows because they're close enough. And they said they've been to like 15 live events already because the shows are always kind of nearby. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody you know, is able to go to 15 live events in the time they've been around, yeah, you might need to go to a different market and give some other people, you know, some chances. Exactly. Our fourth stunning question this week, Ashley. And this might be a little personal for us because we've been loving this tag team. But has this Adam Cole, MJF, Roddy storyline, has it jumped the Shark Tank yet? Has it run a little long in the tube? Maybe, but I enjoy the goofy comedy, so I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly off put by it yet. Um, I think plans may have had to have changed now, obviously with Adam Cole getting injured. But I do like where we're going with MJF and in Switchblade, so that's definitely perfect for me. As far as this goes i mean like i said i i think this is fully going to depend on how how long adam cole is going to be out with this ankle injury exactly and i'm going to give them a mulligan because i know i've already harped on last week's segment for that roddy's house and basically they had adam cole be the interior designer for that segment and he's wheeling around on that little cart he had for his knee part of me was going like why are they treating adam cole like this dweeb but I'll give them a bye. We'll see what they do tonight on AEW Dynamite, and I'll give you my reactions next week on the show. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for um, kind of a little more with this MJF and Switchblade to kind of see where we're going to. Now, talk about that as your main event or full gear. Yes, please sign me up. And yes, I'm already trying to budget my $50 for that show in about three weeks. Yup. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, thankfully it's on a Saturday this this time. Russell Russell Dream almost killed me trying to go to work the next day. <laughs> well, here I'll let everybody in on the secret. 
about a month and a half ago, I renegotiate at work with my boss like, hey, I used to be off on Wednesdays. I'll come in on Wednesdays. Can I have Mondays off just for the fact that AEW just loves to run their shows on Sunday night now because they have collision? And I didn't want to have to deal with that Monday morning wrestling hangover like you're talking about, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> okay, Ashley, we're moving over to our fifth sending question of the week. We just passed the fourth anniversary of AEW. So how do you personally feel about the company now as compared to when they debuted back in 2019? Not going to lie. 2023 was a pretty up and down year. Um, they had a lot of really good stuff along with, unfortunately, a lot of bad stuff. Like I said a little earlier, though, I feel like the past few weeks we've hit some like a good stride with a lot of the storylines. So at least I'm hopeful about how we can close out the year. I just like I said, I think they need to keep at this pace they're going, keep featuring the people they're featuring, and kind of push through this like drama laden past few months they've had. You know, I'm so excited when they announced the company back in 2019. They had a great run there from 2019 up to the start of the pandemic. I really feel like that was our honeymoon period with AEW. We we're all excited with this new thing on TV. We have finally a second promotion in North America who was a serious second contender to the WWE. I mean, I did watch Impact during the days back to the twenty, the early 2000s to 2012, 13, 14. And, you know, I enjoyed Impact Wrestling, but they were never a serious challenger for WWE for eyeballs. And finally, we had this company called All Elite Wrestling. And they seemed like they were firing all cylinders there going after the WWE, and we had people like Chris Jericho come over. We had Cody there for a while, and Cody had a good run in AEW, and I feel like he was under underappreciated in AEW. Now he's back in the WWE kicking some butt. We had the pandemic, which could have killed this company, but they were able to weather the storm and put on some great matches with hardly any fans in the crowd, and they basically have survived two very public backstage facts between some of their key personnel and like you said Ashley I'm hope everything's in the rear view mirror now we have a very solid roster probably a more talent from top to bottom now than we did in 2019 and I can't wait to see what 2024 has in store for AEW yeah definitely um no question about the the, the talent on the roster and you said you just gotta push forward through kind of you know it's a team so work together and get through it and it's been kicking ass the past few weeks, so keep it going. And 2024 should be a lot, a lot, up, you know, upward more. So I do believe so. I feel like we got through a rocky part in this marriage relationship as I'm working this thing around from the honeymoon. Now we're into like year four of this marriage of wrestling fans with AEW. I feel like we kind of got in that period now where we we kind of feel comfortable with each other, and I think maybe. Some fans there want to see a little bit different stuff in AEW. And you know what? Sometimes you're not going to like the show. Some weeks ain't going to be as good as the other weeks. So we just have to keep keep with it, keep supporting AEW, and let our voices be heard. You know what I mean, Ashley? Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's something a lot of wrestling fans kind of forget about, too, is that it's not the end of the world if you didn't like the episode this week. Not on any of the shows, you know? And there's always another week. They'll, they'll hear you. They'll see you. They'll make adjustments if necessary. They can see how it plays back. Like, don't worry. You know, <laughs> like, it's not always going to be bad. 
Okay, I have my sixth and final study question for you this week. We're about 12 hours away from the Tuesday night tussle, as I'm calling it, as we have NXT and AEW tonight on the same night. Which show are you going to watch first? And I got a good feeling about you. I know you're probably going to go team AEW. You went on something like Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland. I'm tuning into that. Um, the the two matches these guys had at Wrestle Dream to come off and now face each other on just a, just a Tuesday night, just for fun. I I can't. This is great. <laughs> okay, I'll give AEW all the credit in the world because this freaking card that they got for tonight is insane. And you just mentioned the match. I'm probably going to say is. 1A or 1B of what I want to watch this evening is Sarah Shutland and Brian Danielson. Now, I'll counter this because on NXT, we have Asa versus Roxanne Perez, and that match, to me, is a dream match and something they could do on any WWE pay-per-view, but we're getting it this evening. Hopefully, it's not at the same time as Brian Danielson and Sarah Shutland, so I can slide over and watch that match first. Then get back to AEW to see Brian Danielson versus Sherman. Fingers crossed. See, this is why it's fun. Late late 90s wrestling vibes here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be switching back and forth between these ones. Oh, I can't wait. Exactly. And I can't wait either. I feel like it's going to be a fun night. And we're going to have a lot of, to talk about next week on this show. Exactly. <laughs> and that has been your 76 questions this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We're going to slide over to our top five matches of the week, Ashley. It's RFPW's top five moments of the week. I got a feeling that we may have a match on our list that is kind of similar. So do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go ahead. Okay, so I'll go from five to one. I know David's going to hear this match and he's going to go, yeah, this is five because I interviewed a certain person about almost a year ago. And it's happened this past Sunday. It's over in the German Wrestling Federation as friend of the show, Mia Smith, had a second opportunity to regain her German Wrestling Federation women's title as she faced against Ava Everett, making her debut for the company. And unfortunately for my friend of the show and our friend of the show, Mia came up just a little bit short as Ava kind of cheated all credit to Ava as she was able to distract the referee game out of positions. So you can see the her hands on the rope, and she rolls Mia up for a three count, and Ava Eric is still the German Wrestling Federation World Champion, and hopefully down the road, Mia will get her other opportunity to go after that title. That is my fifth match of the week. How about you? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> Unexpected choice, but that was cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Hey, Ashley, I'll do you and everybody listening to the show a favor. I will link the YouTube stream of that show in the show notes go down to the show notes you'll be able to hit that link and watch the match it happened two hours and 25 minutes into the show i will give you a heads up right now it's in german so enjoy the wrestling in the ring and it kind of makes me want to learn some german now because i've been watching this for about almost a year now and i feel like i should learn me some german so i can understand the commentary i genuinely love listening to wrestling with commentary in languages i don't understand it's so it's honestly fun <laughs> all right so my fifth i don't know which one to start off with i'm just i'll put it as four and five because i enjoyed both of her matches this week and i don't know if this is my enjoyment of her in-ring skills or just my absolute total uh love of this character but tony storms ma- uh tony storms matches this week <laughs> against uh sky blue and kira hogan i love tony storm 
so much. Put her on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm with you, Ashley. I don't know if I like her match with Sky Blue more than I did Kira Hogan. But I just know I'm living in this black and white world that is Tony Storm's world now, and I'm okay with it. Every week, it's like more exaggerated, more over the top. I'm here for it. I have enjoyed everything she's done, and she's always she's always been good since she came over, you know, in the ring. So there's no questioning her skills. But now to find this character and to be as good as she is, this is like a perfect combination. And now she's thrown to commercials in the matches. She'll literally get to a point in the match, she'll turn to the camera like, we'll be right back after these messages. And I'm like, this is not related to this character, and I love the fact that she's bringing the fourth wall. Yeah, she gave the script to Kiara Hogan to, to, to play out. Okay, so I'm going to go over to my fourth match of the week, and I feel like you're going to have this match a little bit higher. I would have probably had this higher if I re-evaluated my list, but I'm going to ROH, and it's Athena versus Leia Hirsch, it's the first match on last week's episode of RLH TV. It's 16 minutes long. It's for the RLH Women's World Title. And man, that was a great match. And I wish they actually have Athena and Leo Hirsch back on to AEW TV proper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was my number three. So we can talk about it anyway. That suplex alone by Layla Hirsch off the top. <laughs> She's so good. Oh, bring her back and let her feud with Chris Statlander again on TV. They have history. Like, they have stuff they can draw on. Get her on there and let her, them feud out on there. Oh, hey, you know how much I like Soraya? Hey, let's have Leia Hurst be the baby face that be Soraya for that AEW Women's World title. Let's go ahead and make another homegrown AEW talent by letting her beat Soraya for the belt. Yeah. Oh, like, well, like, let's get her more established because, like, She's been out with that injury for a long time, and she's kind of just come back into Ring of Honor over, say, well, like, two months or so. So get her on TV as candidate to be in, like... I remember when uh, when they first formed, I wanted her to be, like, like in the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> you know, she would be a perfect member for the Blackpool Combat Club. She fits right in there, and she would be a better Willard Yuta because she wins matches, and she could beat Willard Yuta. Should be a better wheeler you to go. <laughs> okay, so I'll go ahead to my third match of the week, okay? And my third match of the week is a match is a match that came off a collision. And the fact that this gentleman had one hell of a match at, with his tag team partner Mark Davis at AEW Wrestle Dream got a heck of a match Wednesday night. He had a heck of a match facing Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega on Dynamite. Then, on Saturday at Collision, he faced the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and boy, was that a match. Kyle Fisher versus Brian Danielson. This really sucks for Aussie Open. Um, like, Davis just came back from that, from that injury to have him go out against Ducks, but Kyle getting to kind of show out what he can do in singles competition is is great, because if, they, if they're here for a long time, like, tag teams aren't always going to stay together and everything like that, so you need to prove yourself as, like, you know, you can go in other divisions and Kyle is certainly proving himself in the singles division. You know, I'm going to say this right now. He reminds me of a young Will Ospreay. Yeah, Will Ospreay was like vouching for him. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm very excited to see what he can do here. Like, you know, without, without unfortunately, Mark Davis being here. You know, personally, I feel like it's going to be Kyle Fetcher going after his TNT title. Maybe had this opportunity against Sir Switzerland or somebody else for this number one contendership instead of Brian Downson versus Sir Switzerland. 
but somewhere, some way, as we're working our way through the fall and the winter here at AEW, Kyle Fletcher needs to be going after a single title. Yeah, and the TNT title would be perfect, especially like a Swerve Strickland Kyle Fletcher match would be something I would be down for. You know, at this point, they'd probably put it on another AEW pay per view, and we'd be willing to give him another fifty dollars. <laughs> so he's gonna make up another one for us. So what's the next match you want to talk about? Talk about Jackson Phoenix. I'm honestly, I'm honestly impressed. Phoenix at that with that injury is still going out there and having a match like that. <laughs> I think he's dealing with a back injury. Um, I saw, and his offense is very core heavy. Very, you know. So a lot of the stuff he's doing, you know, that's hurting. Um, and him and Nick Jackson just have a chemistry that's kind of just unreal. You know, it's crazy because I feel like this match they had like four years after they had their first match on that first episode of AEW Dynamite was so much better than the one they had back in 2019. But now here we are four years removed from that match. These guys are still tearing it down. And this evening, Ray Phoenix has to face Monsley for the international title. And I got a feeling that John Monsley is going to take this title off of Phoenix and Phoenix may disappear for a while because this dude might need some time to recover. Yeah. Hoping like, you know, like Mox had that scary injury where he, he himself made the audible to to drop the title to Phoenix and then Phoenix gets it and immediately gets hurt. It's very scary. I hope he's good, but I do think he does need the time to just, you know, recoup his back a bit um, on Mox and hopefully kind of go back to whatever the plan was before the, the abrupt audible there and uh, get back on track with the international title. Okay, so I'll go into my second match of the week. It's back from NXT one week ago. It's the triple threat for the NXT women's title shot at Big Time Becky Lynch, as it was Annie Hartwell, Roxanne Perez, and Lyra Vicuria. And I was so happy for Lyra Vicuria to get this victory here as she'll be facing Big Time Bex at the first night of Halloween Habit. And if you don't lo- know Lyra Vicuria's story, she was a up-and-coming star in NXT UK. And she got injured maybe like a, I want to say she was away from there like a year and she was, wasn't able to get back before they closed that down. I was happy they brought her back over to NXT here. And she's having, this is a good run as a baby face in NXT that she did back in NXT UK. And I feel like this is a dream mashup for Lava Curie as she faces off against Becky at Halloween Habit. Yeah, in a good way. I, I think it's a way harder to build up a baby face so when you kind of have like that natural like baby face story like that's a good thing like a great thing you can build up on and have like her having this match with becky is automatically gonna push her into you know a bigger spotlight becky lynch is is a star she's one of the biggest women you have on the roster so hopefully we can get her out there and and you know get it get something going for her. you know and i might be willing to say she might get this title off of becky off of becky so becky can go back up to Raw or SmackDown and feud because we still got Tiffy Stratton over here with nothing much to do now since she lost to Becky and I got a feeling that maybe after they get the deal done for NST's TV rights that Becky will be coming off of NST TV. Yeah, probably that would make sense. Okay, so what's your number two match of the week? Uh, I would also like to talk about Eddie Kingston and Commander. Um, kind of a clash of styles, but I thought... um. I thought Eddie caved in Commander's chest. <laughs> Some of those chops were absolutely devastating. You know, actually, I saw this match announced, and I was going like, how is this going to work? And I watched the match, and I was like, okay, that's how it works. And 
it was a nice victory for Eddie Kingston as we see him go along here winning a RH title match, defending his RH title, and Commander just keeps impressing me because he kind of defies gravity in a way. Yeah, and I think I think he's improved a lot, kind of like from when I first saw him, he kind of seemed a little shaky and stuff coming in, but he seems a lot more confident, I think would would be the, the word. Um, and to see him go out there and like now he has a belt, he has his own kind of like, you know, build up for himself. I I love kind of like him I love like Alex Abrahantes kind of coming out with all the all these luchadors, <laughs> like being like the everyone's hype man and including commander. Okay, so what is your number one match of the week? All right. We sort of talked about it already, so I'll just I'll mention it quickly. But it's my boy, Brian Danison, Kyle Fletcher. Just insane. I hope Kyle Fletcher's neck is okay too, by the way, because we didn't mention that spot where he dove and smacked the guardrail. <laughs> so Oh, I saw that spot and actually I, I thought that was gonna be the end of the match where everyone will have to go like, Yeah, we need to get Kyle some help here. <laughs> but if you haven't watched this match, go watch it because there's one heck of a eight, like a suplex into a dragon sleeper kind of combo. They both gentlemen work, and I'm like going, how does that work? And there's a lot of transition spots in this match that, dude, this was a pay-per-view quality match we saw on Collision. Yeah, truly, man. Like, Brian Danielson for the next year is going to be something magical. Okay, so my number one match came from Raw last week. It's the icy title match. Going into last week's Midnight Raw, I thought all we are going to get was the actual contract signing between Walt Gunther and Chaffa. But I got a feeling they wanted to have a title match on that card because they had a NXT title match between Tegan Knox and Becky Lynch. Promise for that show. Unfortunately, Becky got hurt at the pay-per-view, so they had to cancel that match. So they decided to give us the IC title for the last 30 minutes of Raw last week. And it was so much fun. And... I know it was a clean finish, and I know that Imperium came out to attack Ciampa after the, the match, and we had Johnny Gagaro come down to make the save, and unfortunately for Johnny, I felt bad for him because they didn't get any override from the USA Network as they went on to the next show as the guys were lining up to hit the DIY finisher. It goes off the screen. I'm like, dang, come on, give him like five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of rare. WWE usually always has like a little bit of, of, of an overrun. I know, but for this episode, for some reason, they didn't do it. And I'm like, as much as we were so excited for Adam Copeland's debut in AEW, I felt so bad for Johnny Congrado's return to WWE because it was felt like it was a wet fart in church. I was going to say, I, AEW got a, what, like 10 minutes overrun for that? It was basically because of that, uh, the Adam Cole segment not having any audio there at the beginning they got that overrun but that was just for the the copeland segment <laughs> but that was like 10 extra minutes exactly and i mean like you take that away from aw it probably was a very weak fourth anniversary show but the fact they had adam copeland there at the end of the show for that 10 minutes and basically it was this a promo from adam copeland like hey this is what i want to do in aw and i was like Check, please. Yes, I want to see him and Christian team up and face this team, that team. Oh, wait a minute, Christian, you're coming down. Why don't you just tell Adam Cullen to go beef himself? Someone someone needs to get Christian Cage's mother and tell her what her son is doing. Because this man is an unbelievable menace. Oh my god, he is just one of the best characters in wrestling, right? <laughs> 
honestly, Ashley, he may be my heel of 2023 because he's just firing out so many <laughs> sellers right now. Okay, so that was our top five matches of the week. And we need to throw in a extra little honorable mention here for a promo from Ortiz that was on Rampage. If you haven't seen this one where he basically says, you know, Santana, you're supposed to be here on Rampage so I can face you like a man, but unfortunately you're not the man that you've been letting these people believe you were for the last four years. So allow me to explain it to you. And he basically gives you a character's assassination of, of Santana. Yeah. Uh pretty these these guys have had some intense words back and forth um i know there was i guess some real stuff going on between them i'm hoping they're okay now because these promos are really personal but obviously they've known each other a long time so there's a lot to draw on um i'd love to see them feud one-on-one i think it would be interesting although i am very disappointed we did never get to see them as tag team champions i know i agree with you i would love to see lax as a former AEW tag team champions now feuding against each other, but we didn't see that. But I'm so excited. Maybe this will be another match for Full Gear where we see Santana versus Ortiz. And I got a feeling that they're able to work with each other just enough to make some money out of this real-life beef they have with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that also sucks, because if the rumors are true, a lot of the story was that like they, they got to where they were, Ortiz was happy, Santana wasn't. They're both kind of right. They worked their asses off to get where they were, and they deserved what, you know, like everything they got. And then they, but they did deserve more too. So it's a tough call. They're, neither one of them is wrong. So I at least hope they can like, you know, work it out enough to at least be, you know, fine with each other. You know, you don't have to be best friends or anything, but. Exactly. So I do hope they are able to manage to work together. And maybe down the road, once everything settles down, maybe we get a LAX reunion and I'll be all for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It gives you something to like look hopefully with them. Okay. So that's been our top five matches of the week. And we're going to our final segment. It's called On Temp as we break down quickly what's happening this evening on NXT and AWTV. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. And Ashley, I'm going to start with AEW as we have Ray Fiennes versus John Mosley. We've been talking this whole show about this card being freaking amazing. It's for the international title, and I got a feeling that this is how John Mosley gets the title back. And this guy never gets a vacation. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think he has forgotten what a vacation actually is. <laughs> Okay, then we have Adam Cutlin making his first in-ring debut as he faces Lucasaurus. And, you know, I kind of wish Lucasaurus wasn't the person Adam Cutlin was facing for this first match. Because he know that Adam Cutlin is going to win this match. And I feel like Lucasaurus needs a win now. Because this guy never got a chance to hold that title for more than 30 seconds. And now he's in a match with that guy's partner in his AEW debut. So, man, let's be Lucasaurus right now. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not understanding uh, what they're doing with with the big guy. Um, like you said, he he's just he he's gonna lose to Copeland. He's gonna come in and lose to Copeland, and he still has no like no tension, no nothing with Christian. He just is still in his spot and doing his thing. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he just ends up leaving. Like maybe there's nothing. Maybe he just ends up leaving. I don't know what the call is here with Luchasaurus. I know. I haven't. I have a lot of thoughts. I feel like now with Nick Wayne joining this group, I feel like 
And this authority is like the third person on this tier inside the, the new Christian coalition. Yeah, he's definitely the third wheel in this operation right now. Okay, so we have the women's match as being Soraya versus Sheeta for the AEW Women's World title. And, you know, I love both ladies. But I got a feeling that there's not going to be a title change here. And I feel sorry for Sheeta because, man, she is this hell of a wrestler. And I wish they were having her feud for the TBS title with Statlander instead. Yeah, I I hate when you when somebody in AEW gets a shot like this when you kind of know like Sheeta just had the belt and just dropped the belt, so you know that the chances are, are she's not winning this week. I know Ruby is banned from ringside, so I don't know what other kind of shenanigans Soraya is gonna have to kind of pull off to to beat Sheeta. Um, so we'll have to see what that means. Um, but otherwise, I just, I'm just I'm I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed with the women's match only because there's. Soraya hasn't even really been on TV or doing much. And like you said, like it's kind of just putting Sheeta in a spot where you know she's going to lose. Exactly. Now, luckily for us, we do get Heyman Adam Page, Heyman, Adam Page versus Jay White. This is still the freaking show here. And I'm going with Team Jay White. Hurting my heart here. <laughs> um, yeah, another match I am super excited for on the opposite end of the spectrum. My favorite, Hangman Adam Page, and uh, our boy, our collision cowboy, Jay White. This is going to be so good. A lot of history and a lot of, uh, you know, stuff between Hangman and Jay White. I'm excited to see where this goes. I want, I kind of want some, like, uh, maybe Hung Bucks gun, cl- uh, gun Club stuff. Yeah, I feel like we don't get a clean finish here. I feel like this is going to lead into the trios feed that we're going to get with the two factions. Now, we also have... First Switzerland versus Brian Danielson for the number one contendership for the TNT title. And when he announced it, it was for the TNT title, I was going like, okay, Tony, yes, I want to see Switzerland in a title feud, but no, 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 no. The AEW world title is why I'm mad. I, I feel like a few months, ago, like maybe a few weeks ago, we were kind of projecting Swerve toward the TNT title. And now it feels like he's gotten a bit beyond that. Um, I'm still not opposed to seeing him in a match with Christian. It's kind of a weird, it's a kind of a weird one because I te- I feel like Swerve has more ties to like the TNT title and being closer to the TNT title, like with this feud when, you know, like when he was like trying to go for it. But Brian Danielson over the TNT title, uh, you're not going to find me complaining. <laughs> I just wonder if you're going to let Strickland take the L here or is Brian Danielson going to give him the W in this match? Because I feel like Strickland has eight a few L's here and I want this guy to win a match here. And this is a high-profile match, and I want Strickland to win this match. Yeah, I feel like they've both been on fire the past few weeks, and they're both coming off really big wins. Like I know, like we said, it's like Swerve before the Hangman match did take a lot of big L's. So maybe Danison does give it. Like I feel like these are two guys right now that like I don't I don't want to see either guy lose. <laughs> you know, so this is this is a stakes match for me. Okay, and the final match they have announced for the show is Chris Jericho versus the newest member. Of the Don Callis family, Powerhouse Hobbs. And I was so excited for Hobbs to join the family because here's another guy who isn't strong on the mic, who's worth some money, and putting him with Don Callis is going to make a lot of money. Yeah, it's kind of a surprise choice. I did not see Hobbs as a choice at all for the Callis family. Uh, not opposed to it, especially like you said, like I think your mouthpiece for him would be good. Um, I don't think we're, I know a lot of people complain about. People stepping up and working with Jericho, I don't think it's a terrible first step, especially when you're, you know, like, I feel like Hobbs tried to get a push. It 
they kind of regressed on it. And then if they're going to put him with this Callis family and let him be like the powerhouse of these three young, you know, like you got uh, Guevara, Osprey, and, and Takeshita, like, man, like imagine a Hobbs and Takeshita teaming up. Like, that's a scary tag team. <laughs> exactly, Ashley. Now we're going to go over to NXT. As I mentioned before in the show, we have Oscar versus Roxanne Perez. I feel like that's going to be the match that steals the show here. We also have the Brawling Brutes and Tyler Bate will face off against Gallus. That should be a hard-hitting match as well. And we also have Braun Breaker versus Carmella Hayes. And inside Braun Breaker's corner, it's going to be Paul Heyman. And John Cena is going to be in the corner of Carmella Hayes. It should be an interesting NXT as we have a lot of main roster talent sliding down for cameos on this episode to combat the fact that Dynamite is going to be on Tuesday night. Seems like a bit of an overkill for one week, but you know, hey, like I said, it's war, and you gotta you gotta try to get your your viewers. Exactly. I mean, I feel like there's so much talent, and there's a lot of summit on both sides here, and I feel like we're gonna be in for a great night of wrestling. So I can't wait to get back here next week to talk about it. So Ashley, where can we find you during the week so we can read your amazing wrestling takes? I'm on Twitter. It's at groovy underscore ash underscore. And you can always follow the show on Twitter at, at Radio Free PW. Go over to www.radiofreepw.com to catch up on all our past episodes. And as always, you can find me at RPW Sean during the week where I'll post promos from wrestlers. I'll post my thoughts about different matches during the week. And you never know, I might rant about the Cowboys losing to the 49ers. You never know. But Ashley and everybody, have an amazing week watching wrestling. Until we see you next time, stay stunning. And remember, this is our groovy and stunning era. Guns up. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at radiofreeprowrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.